What's up, everyone? Welcome to the That's What She Said with Danny podcast, Alexa and Danny. Back this week after taking a brief pause last week to step back and to listen and to educate ourselves because that's exactly what this moment right now is calling for. After seeing what has transpired after the murder of George Floyd, it's been extremely impactful and it's been extremely important for this moment in time for us to listen to, first of all, what the Black Lives Matter protests are all about, which is social justice and policy reform and really being able to have uncomfortable conversations that maybe we haven't had in the past that are needed now because it's time for us to actually participate rather than just be bystanders. It's not about being not racist, it's about being anti-racist. And that's what's so important right now. And that's what we're going to not only work on in this moment, but we're gonna work on that going forward and hopefully being able to create change, not only within ourselves, but within society as much as we possibly can. And I think that what's important too is that we continue to take action every single day. This has been really eye-opening to watch. We're seeing a revolution in our lifetime. And I think that progress is slow and we all have to remember that. And that this movement is going to be a lifetime of ours. I have been inspired by what I've seen and we know we have so much more work to do. And I am grateful to the people who have been open about the conversations I'd like to have and the questions that I have and and I've been doing reading and listening and watching and marching and just trying to get it right. We want to get this right. This is our chance to make it right. And I don't want to mess this up. Yeah, and I agree. And this week on the podcast, we're going to have Taylor Trammell, who's a member of the San Diego Padres, hop on. And we want to talk to him a little bit about his perspective on what he's seen from the Black Lives Matter protests and this movement that we're hoping is long-term and you know really impacts us for the rest of our lives. How he's been impacted by it, how he's seen others impacted by it, especially baseball players, because they've been speaking out in droves, which is- Amazing. You no, know, very amazing and very important to see from the sport. So we'll have Taylor join us and we'll get his perspective. And we're going to bring Taylor in right now. Okay. Hello. Yeah. What's up, guys? Hey, Taylor. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. I I just had to put on a hat because I figured my barber, he just canceled on me. So I have (laughs) bad hair day. He he literally just texted me and said, hey, decided to close down the uh, shop for a while for a few weeks. We'll let you know when we reopen. I'm just like darn it uh we're doing all right we're uh we're still quarantined so we're surviving that and we're getting through and then we're doing our best right now to try and educate ourselves and listen and have important conversations around the black lives matter protests and i know that that's been extremely impactful for you so we mm-hmm. wanted to have you on the podcast to talk a little bit about that and then get into your baseball life 
and then yeah. talk a little bit about the, uh, the season coming up. So I kind of wanted to start with everything going on in the past couple of weeks. From what you've heard and what you've seen, not only from the protests, but with people speaking out on social media, what's your reaction then? Well, one, our voices are finally being heard. That's number one. And two, I'm ecstatic just to see the amount of people who are coming out. Uh, and they all don't look like me. On a personal level, the people who have reached out to me and have tried to understand what's going on, trying to see my point of view and to be here for me, uh, my family, and my friends, it's, it's huge. Honestly, it's all just about educating everybody. I'm still learning. You know, that, that's what really matters to me most is that people are asking questions and we're trying to understand what we're going through. So you mentioned that, you know, your voices are finally being heard and you've been amplifying a lot of those voices on your social media. I'm wondering, you know, your former teammate, Joey Votto, spoke up. I think that his words were ringing pretty loudly the past couple of days. Is there something that you've read or seen that's, that's truly inspired you? Yes, what, what Joey said today, just for him to acknowledge the fact that he's been blind to it, you know, kind of going through the motions with certain things, that right there means a lot to me. For guys to acknowledge that, one, it takes a lot of courage. It's also humbling. He's putting himself out there, and I know that that's very tough to do because these past few weeks I've, I've done the same thing. And, you know, it's, it's scary. It really is because you're thinking about, okay, am I saying the right things right here? Am I, this is what I believe, but I, I just want to make sure I get the point across and I don't, you know, say anything wrong to, you know, offend anybody. And that, that's what kind of resonates with me a little bit. But at the end of the day, I've kind of just been saying, hey, this is what I feel and making sure that, you know, my voice is heard. And for Joey to do that and a lot of other guys who have backed me up, backed my teammates, my, my family, and my friends up, that right there is, is, is humbling. We've seen protests for social justice in the past. And I think that for me, at least from my perspective, and Danny and I were talking about this, this feels different. From your perspective, does this feel different or does this feel like this could potentially be, unfortunately, another case where people just talk about it on social media, but then don't actually show the action in their own lives? I actually talked about that on my Instagram the other day. I, I don't want this to be a trend. I don't want this to be something that we look at for a few weeks and it's gone. We need change, especially in our community. We need change. The Really, the first protesting that I really saw in full-fledged was Trayvon Martin. And that was when I was in high school. And it feels a little different. And I've heard from a lot of other people who have, uh, who have been talking to me, uh, some of my elders, some family members, they've said that this, this, is a, this is different simply because there are a lot of people that don't look like me that are going out there and standing up for what's right. For example, you guys having me on this podcast, uh, trying to understand, trying to learn from my perspective, that right there says a lot. That right there shows a lot of people that you guys are, you're trying to learn. You guys are trying to understand and you're, you're behind us. That right there, like uh, goosebumps right now. It, it means a lot. It means a lot to us. For those who like you said, are uncomfortable for those who don't know where to start, but know that they want to, they feel mad, they, they feel rage, but they're not quite sure what to do. For people across the country 
what do you say to them? What's something that they could do every day to be impactful in this movement? So first of all, if you're afraid to have tough conversation with your family, if you're afraid to have a tough conversation with your friends, uh, that stinks. It stinks because, you know, there are mothers that are getting, you know, late night phone calls that their sons and daughters have died. That right there is a tough conversation to have to your, to your family. And nobody wants to be on the other end of that phone call. If you hear somebody say something, say you guys are on the lake, and somebody says that's something out of line about, uh, about black people or anybody, really. If somebody says something out of line, your silence, that hurts more than anything. Because it might be a tough conversation, but like I said, it's a tough conversation when you get a phone, phone call at 2 o'clock in the morning saying that someone's dead. And it's emotional to me because any given day, that could be me. It could be my brother. It could be, it could be my dad. That, that's what hits me hard because, you know, I don't know how I would deal with that. If somebody were to say, you know, where do you start? I would say you got to listen. Having your, your own ideas in hand and you just want to prove somebody wrong and say, hey, this is this, this is that. It's like you're not listening to the person. Number two is to ask questions. If you ask questions, then you gain a better understanding. And if you try and put yourself in somebody else's shoes, then you gain a better understanding of what they're going through. Like, I'm not, I'm not here to have a little gotcha for you or anything like that. Like, I'm just telling you my point of view, how I grew up, what I feel on a daily basis, and millions of other Black Americans feel the same way. And that's what I pretty much explained to everybody. There's not going to be change if it's just us. We need everybody. In unity, we grow as much as anybody can fathom. It's like you guys coming here and, you know, like I said earlier, just being here and talking to me. You guys have a voice. I have a voice. But when we come together, people are going to listen to us. For you guys to speak up and to... It could be a simple retweet. It could be donating to the cause of certain black organizations. Um, I think that right now uh, for me to speak up, uh, for you guys to speak up, for everyone to speak up, that means so much to everybody. When I see that you guys say something on Twitter or you guys write an article or something like that, that right there, that means Danny has my back. Alexa has my back not even my back, they have all of our backs. They have my family's back. They, they're behind us. They're with us in this, in this run. That right there, that means, that means more than you guys know. I was curious as to what you've been educating yourself with. I mean, I'm sure conversations with your family, but are there things that you've been reading or things that you've been watching or that your family's been talking about, your friends have been talking about that have really stood out to you? Yes, um, I've actually been, for example, for tomorrow, I'm going to vote. I'm getting out there. And yeah, I'm I love and, that. Uh, awesome. Yeah, it's because I looked up a whole bunch of stuff on just voting in general. I'm very open about this, and uh, I've told people I've been registered to vote for. Well, I, I could have been registered to vote for the past four years now. I hadn't voted. I hadn't actually looked up like what views I want in office and in my community. I didn't do that. So it puts me in a bind whenever people are talking about certain issues. And I'm like, oh, yeah, did you vote? It's like, oh, no, I didn't vote. And it's just like, well, if I'm going to talk and if I'm going to speak up, I actually have to have 
facts to back this up. Everybody go vote for what you feel is right. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you what is right. Uh, I know for me, I'm going to vote for what I, what I feel is right. The silver lining of something as awful as a global pandemic has been that because we've been on pause, there's been a lot of deep reflection that I agree might not have happened had we all not been able to take a step back and actually look at ourselves and examine our lives and see what the differences are and how we can bring people closer together. That's one of the things that fueled the protests in a positive way, which, you know, people were were ready to actually examine themselves in a really reflective and really meaningful and deep way by saying, you know, listen, this isn't right. And maybe I've known it in the back of my head for a really long time, but I've never really done anything about it. So shame on me. It's time for me to actually do something. And because, you know, the rest of their life is potentially on pause, there's no excuse. There never has been an excuse, but even now more so than ever, there's not an excuse for not actually speaking up and taking some sort of an action right now in your life and for changing your behaviors and other people's behaviors going forward. We've seen sports leagues and corporations speak out and they're becoming more aware that our society has to change and to fight for equality and justice every single day. And honestly, I think when you said the word excitement, there is an excitement in the air because we're excited to see what that means for these corporations going forward and how it will be sustained and especially for baseball, right? As a baseball player, as baseball journalists, like we are, we're hoping a season gets done, but I think the more impactful point will be how will social justice movements affect baseball going forward? And I think that that's something that we're all eager to see too, because there is no going back to where we were before. This is our new normal, which is, I think, a very positive place to be, and we can only grow from there. Absolutely. I talked to my agent, and... He said something that, that resonated with me and it got me thinking and it made a whole lot of sense. So obviously people put out, you know, their statements and everything like that. It's great to see that. It's a starting point. But he said, look, to, obviously we're going to make a statement, but I don't want that to be it. I want something to be done about this because we have been blind to it a long time. And that right there meant more to me then you know a, a statement i want to see change you're right this is the new norm this is what is expected now it's not just putting out a post on twitter or instagram it's not just having a, a press conference one time it's about acting on it I, I know when bb told me that that right there meant a lot more to me than somebody you know just putting out a post and saying hey blackout tuesday when he said that 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 really resonated with me. I was like, it got me thinking like, this is, that means a lot. Absolutely. And that's going to be across the board. Now us holding and not only uh, us, myself, holding myself accountable, holding other people accountable, and now holding our corporations accountable who came out and said that they supported the movement. Where do you support the movement tomorrow and next week and next month and next year and going from there? That's going to be, the, the hardest work that we have to do because Leah, like you said, it's easy to put up a post, but actually holding people accountable to do this work going forward and to make these changes and having these changes be our new normal is going to be the, the 
tough stuff. And that's going to be the stuff that's going to be lasting and it's going to be worth it because that's what's actually going to create change. So I want to ask you, since we're talking a little bit about baseball and what's going to happen with baseball moving forward, um, for you, for this season, when we do eventually have a season, because I believe, fingers crossed, that we're going to get a deal done. We'll see what happens. You've been part of the Padres organization now for a little while and you were in spring training with them at the beginning of the year. What for you has been the best part about being part of this San Diego Padres organization? Well, first of all, the guys that we have on the team uh, are electric. I think when people see us and it showed in spring training, you see like everybody on the field is like, wow, this guy is really good. And I think that's what makes us a playoff contending team, possibly a World Series contending team. People want to see Manny throwing the ball across the diamond 105 miles per hour and just hosing a guy. You know, guys want to see, you know, Tatis jumping, I don't know, 40-inch vertical up in the air and catching the ball. Guys want to see Will Myers, you know, hitting a bomb dead center. Guys want to see that. And I think that's what makes us electric is that guys can do so many things on this team. And it's, it's just amplified when you see it on the field. And also, uh, for me, I think that San Diego is one of the best cities in America. <laughs> I've got a chance to go out there, and oh my goodness, that place is beautiful. I couldn't agree more with that. And I think the other thing that people are going to want to see, Taylor, is you make your debut. I know that you are on the cusp. You are right there. And how this all you know, transpired is you were part of a blockbuster trade last year uh, three hours before the deadline you go from Cincinnati to San Diego I mean I can't imagine what was going through your head but what what was the story of that day how did you find out that you were officially traded so we're playing the Tennessee Smokies and when we were playing them I get taken out in the top of the ninth okay. uh, the previous bat before I got struck while well, I struck out and it was a terrible pitch I felt like and guy rings me up and I was not happy I was like are you? I was like dude are you kidding me you know, just walking back to the day, I'm like, that's terrible. And I thought my manager heard me, and I got taken out. I'm just like, I really get, okay, really just take me out for that? And so uh, guys were like, hey, PK wants to talk to you. And I'm like, Look, I didn't say anything bad. I didn't say anything. Comes up to me, he's like, hey, congratulations, man. You've been traded. I said, whoa. I was like, what <laughs> did you just say? And my heart kind of just sunk at first. And I was just like, what in the world just happened? And the funny part about the whole thing, in my opinion, that was the day of the Reds and Pirates brawl. I see everybody looking up at t the two TVs that we had on our in our locker room. I see everybody looking at it kind of like, oh, okay, cool. Everybody's looking at the trade. I'm looking at guys like full on just left hook. And I kind of like see the bottom of the screen, blockbuster trade. And I saw Puig. And Puig's in the middle of it. And I'm just like, this guy just got traded <laughs> with me. <laughs> that's wild. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a great story. unbelievable if that's how your story unfolded, too, because the rest of us were looking at that and watching the fights and the brawls and stuff and then seeing it scroll. But you, not only being in the – you were in the middle of the fight, you were in the middle of the trade and watching yeah. the fight <laughs> – <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty incredible so we're yeah. looking forward to seeing you on the field what for you would be a goal that you would want to achieve besides making your major league debut the one thing that you really feel like for you would make you proud of yourself to accomplish this season getting to the world series i think about that all the time <laughs> i i legit I, I honestly really do i think about that so much because 
guys tell me all the time, they're like, yeah, you, yeah, you win these MVPs and everything like that. But when you win a World Series, like, I, I really, I want that feeling of, like, we grinded this short season out <laughs> uh, and we won this World Series. I think that'd be, that'd be, that'd be awesome. I love that you have high aspirations. That is the teammate that everyone on the Padres is looking for 100%. The organization is loving that you just said that. That's, that's awesome. That's wild, dude. That's great. All right, Taylor, it's time for rapid fire on the podcast. We have a list of questions for you here, and we want you to give maybe a one or two word answer based on the question, okay? All right, one yes. record that you want to break in baseball? On base, percentage. Solid. Which MLB player, if you were to meet him, would leave you the most starstruck? Dexter Fowler. I've met him over, like, FaceTime, so does that count? If I met him in person, yeah, be starstruck. Great. I'm a big fan of that choice. Okay, your TikTok bio says that you're a comedian Monday through <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> yeah. We dug. We did some digging. <laughs> What's the best prank that you've pulled? Oh, wow. This went south fast. So, oh, man, I don't know if I'm allowed to tell this. Am I allowed to tell this? I think I can. So we got a piece of clothing from the store, and my best friend, TJ Friedel, his fiance was in town. They were at the house, and I hid the, the piece of clothing somewhere that was like obvious but wasn't obvious and so she found it and everybody was in on it and he was livid he was like that's not I don't know whose that is I don't know like anything and so I'm just sitting here I'm like oh my goodness this is gonna go down south really fast and she is upset keep in mind they're married now uh, but she was not happy and I was sitting there, I'm just like, oh, I probably should tell her. And so he's like, look, this is not mine. Like, I don't know whose that is. Not, it's not supposed to be in here. You can ask anybody in here. It's not, not that person's, not anybody's. And so he comes in, like, like storms to my room. He's like, I'm trying to figure out who did this. Who did this? And I'm just sitting here, I'm like, goodness. And so I had to hide in the bathroom because I was laughing so hard. And he was so upset at me. He was like, who put this in my room? And I'm just sitting here. I'm like, oh, man, I got to I have to tell him. I have to tell him. He was just he was not happy for me for like a day or so. And I was like, dude, I'm sorry. That was awesome. And I don't know if she was upset with me, but I don't think nah, I don't think she was. But it was it was hilarious. Everybody thought it was funny. But it was one of those pranks that went a little bit too far, and it could have had, it could have gone real south very quick. Those are you're messing with people's relationships. Oh man, exactly. that's hilarious. Exactly. <laughs> All right, um, you said chocolate ice cream is disgusting, which I totally agree with you on. Thank you so Thank much for you. saying that. <laughs> yes, uh, but you love vanilla and sherbet, so. How much would we have to pay you to eat chocolate ice cream? You're like $50. I'll eat it. <laughs> I get, keep in mind, it's disgusting, absolutely. But like for $50, I could, I could eat chocolate ice cream. It's just that aftertaste. I don't know. It's just nasty. <laughs> I don't know how people eat it. 
for fun. If I was starving, I would do it. But no, I couldn't do it right now. I couldn't do it. Just it, it, you would honestly would have to pay me fifty dollars. That's not that much. <laughs> yeah, it isn't. It isn't. No, it's well, actually you. You guys be surprised how much stuff I don't like. I'm a very picky eater. What else don't you like? Huh. Oh, wow. let's get along. Okay, avocados, Kiko de Gallo, coffee. You can't stand coffee. I know that's probably gonna hit a lot of people. Uh, not us. Tomatoes. We don't drink coffee. <laughs> okay, good, good. Did I say seafood? No. <laughs> yeah, I don't need seafood. Oh man, you going to San Diego, man? I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. There's a few spots out there, great steak, like steakhouses, but I don't eat. I don't eat seafood. I, it just tastes like the sea to me. And people <laughs> have tried. People have tried, and they've tried. They've tried to get me to eat it, and I just can't get myself to do it. It smells great though, but. <laughs> No, I can't do it. Yeah. Is there something that you like to eat that people think is weird that you do really, really like? Have you guys ever had like a banana mayonnaise sandwich? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's like, that's like uh, something I kind of grew up on, but I don't Mother. eat it like a lot, but it, it's good. I like it. And it's like, it's full of potassium. Like, you know, it's, it's a nice, like lean, <laughs> lean breakfast. So I would say banana and mayonnaise sandwich. It's pretty good. But, like, people, when I tell them that, they're just like, what? And I'm like, it's good. My dad taught me about it. We tried um, donuts with mayo on them for, for a show a few years ago. I would never Ooh. do it again. Your banana mayo sounds better. But that's another story for another day. <laughs> I'm, exactly. I'm curious about, Taylor, you went to spring training with Manny Machado. What is something mm -hmm. that only you can tell us about Manny Machado in spring training? Well, from my limited time that I spent with him, like, that guy's awesome. He does his work. I think the media – well, some of the media has a, an idea about him. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't see that. He talked to me whenever we crossed paths and we had conversations. I went up to him, talked to him, just wanted to introduce myself. Sat there and talked to me for, like, five minutes, took a picture with uh, some of my family friends. And I was like, dude, this guy's awesome. He's a leader. Uh, I, respe I respect him. Honestly, he's one of the coolest guys in the locker room, to be honest. We like hearing that. <laughs> okay, last one for rapid fire. So KBO has been using uh, cardboard cutouts and stuffed animals to fill their stands. So who is one person outside your family that you would put on the cardboard cutout to watch you play a game? I'm a huge Lil Yachty fan. So Lil Yachty would probably <laughs> be the person that I would put to be out there uh, and watch me play baseball. Absolutely. Crushed it. Crushed that, that answer. So good. <laughs> Taylor, we end every podcast with our guests telling us an embarrassing story. So it can be something from your childhood or something that just you have in your mind and you want to get out. Like if you had one of those men in black mind eraser devices, you would use it on yourself because you don't want to think about it anymore. Something that's silly or funny that was embarrassing to you that you can share with us. So I actually, it was a, I think it was either like the region championship or the playoffs my freshman year of high school. I'm a freshman. Keep that in mind. And the sun's in my eye in left field. And I missed, I think I missed like two balls. And so we had a packed house. I'm pretty sure like we had, most of the school was there. Like, everybody is at the game. 
and I missed two fly balls because I couldn't see it. And I'm just like, okay, this is this is terrible. Uh, get on first after one at bat, and a pop fly is hit. So keep in mind, I'm just thinking like, oh, gosh, whatever. So I take off, thinking it's two outs and everything like that. It's one out, and I rounded third – well, I rounded second, get to third, and I just see – and if you've ever been in this position where you know you were wrong, everything moves in slow motion – and I hit third, and I look over, and I see the guy throw the ball to back to first. And I'm just like, oh, no. And just the ball itself was just moving in slow motion. I got taken out of the game, and I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. I was like, this can't be happening. And then I get back home, and I was just completely out of it. I don't know if it was like school stuff that I was just stressed out about that moved over to the game. I don't know what it was, but – Get back home, and I wanted to make me some ramen noodles, so end up making me some ramen noodles, and turn on the microwave, and I didn't put water inside the pan, well inside the pan, and ended up burning the microwave. Well, not microwave, but burning the ramen. The house smelled like smoke for like a week, and I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" And so, literally, next day, I just went up to the coach, and I was like, Coach Reese, I'm going to be honest with you. you. You had every right to pull me out of that game yesterday. I was out of it. And I told him about the story with the ramen and everything. Like, he was like, wow. That's some serious – I was like, he was like, that's some serious stuff, dude. I was like, tell you, man. So, that right there was probably the – the game itself was embarrassing. And then I get back home. And it was like just the dagger. I think I went to bed at like eight o'clock that night too. It was like it was like daylight, right? Like it is now. I went to I went to bed. It just was that whole like twenty four hours was just not the best hours for for me at all. That's when you want the reset button. Yeah, you want to be able to just just fast forward through that day and get it over with. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Taylor, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for having an open and honest conversation with us. This has been, first of all, really enlightening for us and just a very small way for us to do our part. But we want to let you know that we are 100% uh, getting involved in the movement and showing as much action and using our voice as much as possible. It's the least that we can do, but we appreciate you hopping on and participating with us. It's been really great. Thank you guys. And I, I try to make sure that uh, whenever I talk to people, I, I always make this like a priority. I want to thank you guys first for one caring. Like I said, that means a lot to me. Also, I just want to thank you guys for being in the position you guys are as women in sports. You guys are awesome. And I want to let you guys know that you guys have my full support. Anything that you guys do. Thank you so much, Taylor. Really appreciate it. Can't wait to see you on the field. Yeah. Yes. Good luck in your debut when we get there. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Absolutely, guys. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye, Taylor. Right, see ya.